Hey, what's up? It's Huddy at the RPC. I appreciate you stopping by or whatever all the hip-hop cool people say. My voice sounds like shit more than normal. I'm in the mortgage business and there's a lot of things changing, but things are still good. So I'm on the phone a lot all day, every day. But I thought it was important to uh, talk about a subject and and something that <clears throat> you know I want to uh, really address. But before we do that, before we get too crazy, I get two main questions uh, all the time. The answer to the first question is, I'm I'm doing great. All, a lot of the shit, almost all of it that I talk about was anywhere from ten to fourteen years ago. So I've healed and I'm doing well and I appreciate your concern. Thank you very much. Seriously. The other thing is that before I get on, I never script anything out or write fucking notes or whatever. But what I do is I listen to Juice World. Mm, You might be surprised by that, right? Juice World is a rap star or was he passed away. But if you ignore the music and if you don't like that type of thing and you listen to his words, you can see how I might relate. So there's a couple fun facts for you. So what am I talking about tonight? Well, one thing is gratitude. I am grateful to be here, grateful to have the job that I do, the friends that I do, family that I do. I mean, it's truly in COVID-19, I am grateful to still be surrounded with everyone that I have because there was a point, if you've listened to my other stuff, uh, I didn't even get invited to Christmas. I had to stay away, right? So I look at those small things, and I, like I told my nephew uh, last night or just today, I don't know, it's been kind of a blur, that, you know, I'm very proud of him and proud of the man that he's becoming, and I'm grateful to be his uncle. Those simple things... that you give gratitude towards. And if you really feel that way, it can can change your whole perspective on the world or the country or the state or your city, wherever you're at. Gratitude is gratitude's a really really big thing in my life. And when I think of my life, I think of my life as being absolutely amazing. But at the same time, it's a maze. Seems like I'm always trying to find the path to greatness, the path to success in all aspects. And I keep getting hit with these objects. You know, you run into the wall and you could even go like Harry Potter horror movie. 
you're on the right path and boom, something jumps out, right? And it stops you in your tracks and you're just not sure what the fuck you need to do. How do I react? And what I found out for me, usually when I'm, when I'm figuring out the maze and I'm getting going, when that scary person jumps out, I need to really just look in the mirror and realize it's me. And here's why, because I can't talk about the truth. And the hard truth is a lesson that I forget sometimes. And it pops up in my life a lot. And I think the reason why I ignore it is because, one, I'm a chicken shit. Two, I'm a people pleaser. And I want to make people happy and I don't want to have guilt and I recently you know I fucked up again and so I've been thinking a lot to myself well okay the last time I really fucked up and I didn't have a choice to tell the truth how did that truth feel and what that was I had, this was after my first DWI, and I really wanted to avoid jail time. So I did something called sentence to serve. So if you can imagine, right, you see those people on the side of the freeway, they're picking shit up, they all got the whatever on. Most likely, those are sentence to serve guys. In my day, you know, my last time I did sentence to serve was 2008, summer of 2008, I think. Maybe 2000, yeah, 2008. You know, they were just like, wear a white t-shirt. Jeans, boots, be ready to work. You know, I'm like, fucking boots? Oh my God, I got to get boots for sentence to serve. That's a side note. Because I don't wear boots. I don't do that. And, you know, so I'm doing... So I got my DWI, the the first one, which, you know, real quick on that one. um, I had, I think all my SUVs, all three of them were repoed at that point. I know the motorcycle was. So I was was trying to buy this minivan because that's what made sense, and it was bright orange. I was in Stillwater or some shit, and the dudes I was with, they they uh, put me in a cab, and somehow I got out of the cab, and I found my way to my orange fucking Chrysler minivan, and I might have had 31 or 32 DWI calls. Like, people seeing me driving and worried <laughs> for public safety. Good times. So obviously I shouldn't be driving, right, at that point. So that that's my side note. So I got this DWI, and, 
you know, I, I think I, uh, what was I like uh point two four or some shit like that. So they really wanted to throw the book at me, even though at that time, Minnesota was like the 48th most lenient state on DWIs, but they were after some hoodie. So it, what I got them to do was like, Hey, let me do this sentence to serve. Right. Well, the issue with sentence to serve is that when you check in at seven in the fucking morning, you have to blow into a breathalyzer. Oh yeah. They check your shit out. So I had, I had to serve, uh, 40 hours. I think it was 40, something like that. It was a lot of hours. You know, and <laughs> I thought I had him beat. I drank the night before I woke up and I was like, oh, and if you don't call in, by the way, you're in the shit for that. Like you're in trouble, you know? So it's, it's like not shit you fuck around with. And I had no fucks to give, you know, but I was like, oh shit. You know, I had a good attendance record in high school. So I was like, I'm said I was going to be there. So I'm going to be there. I'm not going to miss because I'm not going to get in trouble for that. I'm going to get on the hustle. Oh, by the way, I don't have a license, but I'm driving there. Woohoo! You know? Sorry, I got water on board with uh, the way my voice is. <laughs> so I, I take my ass out there and... Yeah, I got to blow into this thing. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot. You got to blow into the thing. <laughs> and I was still, you know, so here's here's me. Here's my dumbass, right? You know, I wake up. I can feel like I'm still fucking drunk. It's 630 in the morning. And I'm like, I got to get out to University Avenue. And I got to go do STS. Oh, my gosh. All right. Rock and roll Ayatollah. I'm driving out there and no license. And I kind of park around the thing. And they're like, hey, how'd you get here? I'm like, oh, I got dropped off. And they're like, oh, who dropped you off? I'm like, ah, my, my person. <laughs> right? And they're like, all right. You ready to take the breathalyzer? And I'm like, fuck, breathalyzer? Fuck, I'm so fucking hammered. Fuck, 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 fuck. All the fucks. So I blow into it. And I fail like a motherfucker. And, you know, I was 0.12 or something at 7 in the morning after drinking at night. I mean, I, I who the hell knows? I mean, maybe I got, you know, four hours of sleep. I, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I can't remember. But I, I was well over any limit. And they look at me and they're like, okay, do you have a ride home? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I just gotta, just gotta make a call. I'm like, okay, so you're going to have to turn yourself in. And at that moment, I was like, turn myself in. I'm in, I'm here. What do you, what do you mean? Turn myself in. I'm already like, I'm here. 
They're like, no, you have to go to jail. You have to serve. Because you could not show up sober to STS. I'm going to tell you that fucking moment right there. I think it was like 32. And I had been used to getting away with shit, you know. I'm just going to blame where I grew up. <laughs> Used to get in the way with shit. Um, that moment. I was in utter disbelief. Everything in my life flashed in front of me. You know, they talk about your life flashing in front of you when you're about to die. Well, I didn't feel like I was going to die. I knew that, right? But I felt like my life was going to end. And so I I drove home, probably still over the limit, right? But I made it there, no license and all, and I called the jail. I said, hey, STS told me I had to call you. Here's what happened. Here's what's up. And they're like, you have 24 hours to turn yourself into the Ramsey County Jail. And you better show up sober. And I was like, well, this is a mistake. I mean, like, don't I get a fucking hall pass? I mean, what the fuck? Did you hear me? The voice on the other side of the phone said. I'm like, yeah, you said turn yourself into Ramsey County somewhere. 24 hours. You have 24 hours to turn yourself into the Ramsey County workhouse. Do you understand? It's like, you mean like jail? Yes, like jail. Do you understand my instructions? Uh, like jail, jail? Sir, you have to turn yourself into the Ramsey County Workhouse within the next 24 hours. Do you understand? Answer yes or no. Yes. Where are you going to be in the next 24 hours? The Ramsey County Workhouse. You will serve the next 27 days in the Ramsey County Workhouse. Failure to appear can extend your sentence. Click. Holy fuck. (laughs) Fucking serious? Like, really? Oh, my gosh. It's like I was, like, in boot camp, and at the same time I was not in boot camp because, well, I didn't ever go to boot camp, but this motherfucker was hardcore. So I had 24 hours. So essentially, basically, the, the part I left out is he said I needed to turn myself in by 7.30 the next morning. It was like 10 a.m. when I called him, when I got back from STS. 
So what's the hard truth and what was that like going to jail jail for the first time? So we're going to talk about that. So the hard truth, at the time I was living with my grandfather, who is now 97, still kicking ass, and my auntie. And we don't talk about Auntie Nancy's age. But I will tell you, my Auntie Nancy still kicks ass. So is my ma. Ma still kicks ass, too. So, you know, I got good genetics. Good Irish genetics. So, I have to tell them. I have to tell all of them. Because I'm going to disappear for the next 27 days. And that's not... Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. The anxiety... The pain, the fear of telling the people who trusted you and allowed you into their home that you fucked up yet again. And now, because you fucked up again, you're going to go away for a while. And you have to tell them. And I remember, you know, my auntie, she's like 4'11", right? And I'm like 6'2", 6'3", whatever. And And Gramps, you know, he's stoic. And I look at him and I tell him, I screwed up. I have to go to jail. And Auntie, I've never seen Auntie Nancy cry. And Auntie, she cried. And she felt bad because she's like, I failed you. I should have tried harder to fix you. And she gave me this huge hug, the hugest hug I've had ever from Auntie. You know, and she's this little woman, and she just wraps me in her arms tight. Sorry, I tend to tear up when I think about that moment. And my auntie, she felt like she failed me. You know, and I look at Gramps over there, and Gramps is like, get it done, come out better. So I look at auntie, look at Gramps, trying to process the fact, you know, because I'm crying, auntie's crying, Gramps is looking at me like, (laughs) like I'm a pussy. And I, for that moment, was like, holy shit, Gramps is right. Come out better. Get your fucking shit together, boy. And I looked at Auntie, and I said, 
I'm sorry. Sorry that I let you down. I appreciate your love. And I appreciate the fact that you have faith in me. I'm going to figure it out. Looked over at Gramps. I said, I'll come out better. And then I had to call my mother. Because I wasn't living with her. She wouldn't let me live with her because I was such a fuck up at the time. And I, I called my mom. And, oh my God. When, when you grow up, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that boys who had a mom and a dad growing up think anything less of their mothers, but when you grow up with a mom like I had, who did both roles, who, and, and back then, I'm at 44. You know, my dad, I think he walked out five or six, I think is what I was. So this is 80s shit. That shit didn't fucking happen. My, I mean, Ma is fucking it. And I did not, I did not want to call her. I did not want to, like, I'm kind of nervous just talking about it because of the feelings that I had when I knew I had to call Ma and tell her her boy was going to jail. And not for, you know, a day, not for a couple days, wasn't some drunken fight. This was because I was a fucking idiot and couldn't get my shit together enough to pass the sobriety test to pick up fucking garbage or, you know, fix parks or whatever the fuck we were doing. We did all sorts of shit. I did a lot of shit to help out a lot of community service. And then I fuck it up and fail a breathalyzer. And here I am trying to get my mom back on my side and trusting me. And I fuck it up. It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. So I called her. I remember in my grandpa's kitchen, I had just told auntie and I told gramps and I said, Hey, I gotta, gotta call mom and tell her what's up. I'm like, okay. So I remember picking up the phone, hearing the dial tone, staring at the numbers on this, you know, back then you had the, you know, you had a cell phone, but people still had landlines back then. Kinda. And, you know, I could never afford to pay my cell phone bill, so I was like, alright, I'm gonna call on the landline. And I stared at that phone, I picked it up, I heard that ding, 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 ding in my ear. And I stared at those numbers. I stared at that, that tape that was in the VCR, or in the, not the VCR, oh my gosh, way aging myself, I can still program one though if you need it, 
I looked at that fucking the fucking voicemail tape and just hearing that in my ear and I start pushing the buttons to call my mom 4506231 still still really tricky remember the number I remember the moment I dialed really slow. I was hoping that the jail would call and say, Haha, just kidding. You don't have to come in. Because I did not want to break my mom's heart. And you know what happened is that call never came in. And I dialed four, five, zero, six, two, three, one. I heard it through the last four numbers and I'm like, all right, I got to tell her. I got to tell Ma what's going on. And, you know, she picks up. She's like, hello. And, you know, my mom has a cute hello. You know, everybody loves talking to my mom on the phone. Well, they just love talking to her in general. And that was the first time that I did not want to talk to my mom. There's other times I didn't want to talk to my mom. Other times I've been in jail, right? We're talking about this time. And I did not, oh my God, I did not want to talk to my mom. And I said, hey, it's John Michael. He's like, yeah, I have caller ID. (laughs) And I know your voice, son. (laughs) and I said mom I really screwed up I really screwed up this time and you know my mom you know ma freaked out because she's thinking oh my god what did you kill someone I mean what what's going on (laughs) and I told her about the failing the breathalyzer at STS and whatever else and you know she cried her son was going to jail and I had to listen to my mother cry on the phone. There is nothing in this life other than my own kids being in pain that I hate more than my mother crying about something I did. And unfortunately, you know, this wasn't the first time that made my mother cry and I but to me it's like I've like told the truth I told the truth I said what was up said what was going on to everybody they all knew. And I forgot the reaction 
all I focused on and all I remembered was the hurt that the truth gave them. But what I didn't focus on and what I forget to focus on is when I tell the truth, yeah, it might hurt. But at least people know where you stand and they know what the fuck is going on. And you can have a lot of excuses to not be truthful and you can tell yourself a lot of things and you can buy into your own fucking bullshit to not tell people what's going on because it's easy. It's easy. It's easy to lie. It's hard to tell the truth. And I'm with you. I totally get that. But at the end of the day, you know, this truth of telling my family that I'm going to jail. Basically, I told them because I didn't have a choice because I was going to vanish for 27 days and I didn't want them to worry about me. And then I screwed up. They accepted it. They did. They're like, all right. All right. So how do we make it better? How do we... How do we move on from here? What, I mean, you know, what's the, I don't know, what the fuck is the next move, right? And, you know, I, I talked to him all about it and I'm like, I don't know what the next move is. I said, get me fucking sober and help me figure out my shit because my shit's fucked. And that's the, that really is the, the whole point of it. I had never felt so accepted by my family when I told them what was going on and what I was facing. And that I was going away. For a decent amount of time. I mean, 27 days is not, it's not exciting, let me tell you. <laughs> not, not, not fun. Got a lot of jail stories. But, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that when you have people in your life that you care about, and you truly care about them, and you don't tell them the truth for whatever reason. You're not doing anyone any favors at all. And this was a lesson that was reminded of me recently, just a couple weeks ago. I allowed myself to get caught up, not think clear lie this is my personal life and then I got thinking about it I'm like you know COVID-19 we got time to think about shit 
I'm just like, fuck. Why am I? Why am I? Why am I like this? What? It's so dumb. It's dumb. And it's like it's fucking amateur hour, you know. It it just is not cool. I need to be an adult. I need to say what I feel because those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. That is a Dr. Seuss quote and it's one of my favorites. So you can take that for what it's worth. That's all I really got. I appreciate you checking it out. Whatever you need in this life, you will get it. Whatever you want in this life, you will get it. Raise your standards.